Welcome to the STEM Sync Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, amplifying unique life stories to encourage and motivate people of color with an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. As a black female engineer, I found that a key resource that kept me encouraged along my education and career pursuits is something we often overlook and that is people. My hope is to leave listeners feeling empowered while gaining insight on endless opportunities along the STEM education and career pathway. Thanks for joining me today for a candid conversation as guests share their journeys and resources to help you reach beyond your untapped potential, connecting you to purpose. Now let's sing. Hello, prototypes. I am Sandra Davis, and you may be wondering why you are listening to me right now. Well, I hijacked moderating this episode of the STEM Sync podcast because I, like I'm sure you, want to know more about the founder, Crystal McLean. So I have taken over her podcast to ask her questions about how she got started, what was exciting to her about this field, so we could learn everything we want to know about her in this episode. So please join me in welcoming the lovely founder of this podcast, Crystal. Talk to us today. Thank you for letting me hijack. Um, and we're going to get into you. We're going to get into your why, your story, and the future of the podcast, what you were looking to create, and what we can expect. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Thank you so much for hijacking. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you. I have come to know you as a passionate and a really focused professional in this field, not only for yourself, but for others as well. And I think the thing that want that that made me want to do this uh, uh, hijacking this podcast takeover, mm -hmm. if you will, <laughs> mm -hmm. was so that people could get a chance to hear a little bit about you and and what mattered to you, uh, mm -hmm. how you got into this space. Um, I think often when we hear about uh, the STEM field, um, we think that, oh, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And so I really would love to hear you start out with, you know, just your, your pathway, you know, and, and then how did STEM Sync come to be? Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this. I actually started my STEM journey as a high school student. I was fortunate enough to attend a high school that offered courses in AP courses and uh, science and math. And as such, I just went towards those courses, which is interesting because when I talked to my mom about what I wanted to do when I was younger, she said you wanted to be an, I wanted to be an attorney. For me to go from there to STEM is very interesting. Um, However, mm -hmm. I think with the attorney aspect, it was probably trying to be the advocate for other people, which again, mm -hmm. falls in line with the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Because I fell in love with chemistry and math early on in high school, I decided to figure out what kind of careers would make sense. What's going to make me good money? Okay. Mm -hmm. I had the bright idea of becoming a chemical engineer. Okay, so you was thinking about securing the bag before securing the bag was a thing. Yes, indeed. All right. <laughs> exactly. I applied to three schools 
decided to attend the University of Maryland at College Park and enroll in their chemical engineering program. And so after five and a half years of blood, sweat and tears, and I mean that literally, <laughs> I was able to obtain my bachelor's of science degree in chemical engineering. Interestingly enough, I had the opportunity to participate in a women in engineering program, summer program for, um, like I said, for women who were interested in research. Mm -hmm. And my mentor was actually a geologist. Our research included going out into the field in the Catoctin Mountains in uh, Maryland. And wow. I thought to myself, man, I can be outside instead of being inside. Like, I think I like this a little better. However, I was so far into my program that I needed to finish it out. What I did do was take some senior level classes that allowed me to have an introduction to environmental. Upon graduation, I was going to seek a job in, a, in the environmental realm. That's what I did. I went in my first job to be an environmental engineer um, mm -hmm. for a private industry firm in Maryland for a little while. And uh, the interesting thing is after being there for mm, maybe four months, I was actually fired from my oh first my. job. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting because the reason for it was uh, told to be, I, I just may not be a good fit for oh. the position. Oh, the good fit response. Oh, okay. yes. A good fit. And, you know, perhaps the government was a better fit for me. Mm -hmm. What that did was force me to actually think about obtaining my master's degree. Mm-hmm. Because I thought to myself, obviously, there's something I'm missing here. What's interesting, it wasn't the technical proficiency. It was actually the uh, personality oh, okay. of what's required in a private firm at the time, consulting, winning contracts and things like that. I did not ask enough questions. I see. I see. So uh, let me just interrupt for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, uh, how many people look like you in this private firm? Nobody. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just trying, you know, because, you know, STEM's <laughs> not my field. So I'm just trying to make sure that I understand yeah. um, that. Okay. So there was no other black woman in the firm. There were maybe a couple black men. One mm -hmm. kind of stands out, mm -hmm. but it was only myself. And I'm just talking about, talking about that one location in Maryland. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, when, when you went, they thought you were a good fit. And mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. after you got there, somehow something changed. Something changed. That's yeah. correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, before you go into the pivot that you chose, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the impact that that had on you. It was eye opening in that now I have to navigate this feeling of rejection, right? Mm -hmm. I was successful in obtaining a degree, which most people feel is likely the hardest, one of the hardest engineering majors. And I said to myself, okay, I did everything that I'm supposed to do. I was able to secure a position. And now all of, all of a sudden it was as if the, the, the floor was removed from under me. And now I have to figure out exactly what needs to happen in order for me to continue one, make money. Right. <laughs> um, and it just was a reality check. Like, huh, let me go inside myself to kind of identify exactly what I may have done wrong, which is interesting, right? Because right? right. immediately I go to myself. Right. After you'd done the hard work. I mean, 
Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you, as soon as you said the word chemical engineer, I got a, I got a little bit of a headache because <laughs> I just, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know? So I can't even, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I can't imagine what you uh -huh. had to study to be able to be at that level mm -hmm. and, and to be at that level and be good enough for them to want you. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so it's not like it was a surprise pack. It just wasn't a box of chocolates where they didn't know what they were going to get. They exactly. knew exactly, right? right. They knew what they were getting. Right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, all right. Well, so we'll put that behind us. Mm -hmm. So then, so then what? So then I found myself, you know, just looking for positions and I was um, employed by another engineering firm However, it wasn't actually within the engineering field. My job was to support the team out in the field that was doing the work with actually customer complaints. Mm -hmm. And so I was close enough to the engineers, but I wasn't necessarily doing the engineering because most of their work was focused on civil and so, and maybe mechanical engineering. And so I was a, a person who was going into DC when they were replacing the pipes uh, at the time from lead to copper. And mm -hmm. when things were breaking, I was going in and talking to the folks who were having issues with water after that. Wow. So it really was more of a people socialization type of job all while starting the program for my master's program, which I never thought I was going to go back to school to do a master's. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing I find interesting about that is that when most people, including me, to be honest, uh, mm -hmm. think about engineers, we don't really think about people skills at all, <laughs> you know at all, at all. <laughs> that's not, that's not really where we go. So how was that for you? What, what did that add? It added a sense of boldness. Mm. It added a sense of empathy. And I think it that really started the journey. I shouldn't say started the journey because I feel like I've always kind of been in tune with people. Mm -hmm. I think it added just a kind of emotional intelligence to remind me of what's needed once I actually, you know, made it into the workforce and what's really important. Because I think a lot of times we lose sight and we think about the project, the task at hand. A big part of engineering and what they teach you in school is the group mechanics aspect mm -hmm. of things, the teamwork. The teamwork is also extended to the stakeholders who aren't necessarily a part of your team. And so it's taught me just how to relate to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if most people who think about the field uh, recognize that that's part of it, you know, that, that how you, mm -hmm. whatever form of engineering you go into, you mm -hmm. know, chemical, environmental, whatever, that, that the human aspect is a, is a big part of the success as well. Absolutely. And I found that the higher I go in my career, the more years that I have, the technical part becomes less important because as you know, as my executive coach, it becomes more about coaching people into their technical uh, know-how and them doing the work. Whereas now you have to sit back and learn how to just deal with the people part of things. And I hope that, you know, while I am going through this process with the podcast that I really communicate that to others and, and not only from my perspective, from those who I'm going to invite on this podcast as well. Yeah, because that's kind of the thing. And, you know, you and I have had that conversation that 
um, you you rise in your profession mm-hmm. on what you do, right? Absolutely. People see that you're a rock star, you know your stuff, you get things done, mm-hmm. uh, you become the go-to person. Mm-hmm. And then as you see that, as the, the, the organization sees that, then their next inclination, which baffles me, is that then they say, okay, so let's take you and take you out of what you do best. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have you now run people which for some people that might not be what they it do best just may not so it be sounds like thing. what you're right right mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're saying that you know once you become the engineer as you're growing your pathway mm-hmm. make sure that you're not ignoring building the people skills if you don't if you don't already have them absolutely to, continue to build them absolutely yeah. that would be my number one resource that i would pass on to others is mm-hmm gain the people skills, gain the know-how for communication. And there's, you know, there are a lot of trainings that'll help you along the way. Don't, do not miss it because I feel as if the people skills also allow you to have your name spoken in rooms that other people may not otherwise know of, right? So because I have a connection and I, I have a good rapport with this person, if there's an opportunity that presents itself for another position, another learning opportunity training, and someone who I am very well connected with is in that room, then because I have good social skills with them, they may speak my name. Right. It, it right. really makes so they, a difference. So they know you. Yeah, they know you and they know how you represent. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and because they're putting their reputation on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, by speaking your name. Yeah. By bringing you into it. And that's, you know, one of the things as black women that Mm -hmm. we just have to recognize that, you know, when we're, whether it's like, Hey, can you recommend me on LinkedIn or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or somebody speaks your name and you don't even know it. They're actually putting their name and their reputation on the line every time that they do that, you Mm -hmm. know, because if somebody trusts me Mm -hmm. and I extend a trust, now they're trusting based on me. They don't have any other reason that's right so then if you if you go in there and act out <laughs> exactly you know, hey look you, you're not representing either one of us well right exactly I mean, so, so, exactly and yeah. that's that is definitely yeah. going to be a topic we talk about is you know i know that we tend to put on this face at our office and some fortunately sometimes we may have to do that you know yeah. um that said there's still a level of responsibility that comes with being a professional so you can't take you know, sister girl out, out of, you know, you can be yourself, be authentic, but there's just time and place. Right. And that's obviously something that we definitely have to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look forward to hearing that episode. And I, and I think that that's one of the things, I mean, you know, I'm 60 years old. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that still, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we, as black women, we can be more of ourselves than we've ever been able to be in my professional work life. That's right. Right. And, and so how do we then, and so that's going to be a really good episode. I'll be excited to hear that one. Mm-hmm. Now, now let's, let's wrap up this part about the, the, the timeline and the mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. you mentioned about, you know, the school you chose going into private industry, going back, getting the master's. Then you said that someone, you know, recommended that this government uh, might be, this government role might be a good one for you. Say a little bit about that. Right. So I ended up doing what most people do and that's search for other opportunities when they come about. So I went from working in the private firm, went to another private firm, and then went and uh, directly did contracting working for the army at Walter Reed in DC prior to it closing. 
And that was my first time really getting into environmental for Department of Defense as a contractor. I left there, went to DC water for a little while, actually no DC government, DC environment specifically working on um, water projects. And then eventually the opportunity came where I applied for a GS civilian position within uh, the government working for the army. So my first position was in 2008 working for the Army for a small base out in Maryland uh, and serving as the environmental coordinator. And since then, you know, working within the Department of Defense just presents so many different opportunities for you to grow. And mm -hmm. I did from the Army, I applied for a job with the Air Force, working at the Pentagon for a year. From there, went to the Air National Guard, worked for them for a while, decided to just up and leave everything and mm -hmm. go to Japan okay. in 2015 and apply for a position there. Worked in Japan for a little while for the Navy and then decided, you know what, I think it's my time for, and I think it's time for somebody else to come, to come in here and actually do a better job than me. You know, sometimes you know when it's time for somebody else to, to come in and make this yeah. improve upon yeah. what you've built. And yeah. decided, you know what, but I still, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to go to the East Coast yet. And that's how I found my way in my current job. Well, currently in Hawaii, working for the yeah. Navy. Mm -hmm. So that's my current position. Go ahead, go Navy. ahead, travel girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because when you said Japan, I was like, I can't even fathom mm. just up and, but it sounds like even the field you chose, your chosen profession, mm -hmm. kind of instilled this amount of like professional courage. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Japan was one of the best experiences for me. Obviously, it's a little different than just kind of going there without already having a job secured and also working mm -hmm. for the federal government because you do have some protections. And that's something that I want to delve into again. Uh, but at the same time, it still allowed me, or should I say, and at the same time, it still allowed me to experience a culture mm. of Japan. And I just, I will go back to Japan in a heartbeat. I thoroughly enjoy Japan. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. And mm -hmm. so now you're in Hawaii? Now I am in the beautiful Aloha state of Hawaii on the island of Oahu, uh, supporting the Navy. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And so when you think about possibilities for you, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Honestly, I would say the possibilities are way more than I thought were going to be just possible to say yeah. it bluntly. Like even within the last couple of weeks, or I would say the last month, I've had folks just present opportunities for me for even a promotion. And obviously I would still have to compete. I would still have to apply, but just even knowing like, man, I didn't, I, I would have never thought that this was even a possibility for me. Yeah. Um, you know, staying here, do I go back overseas? You know, should I head back to the DC area? Um, it's just so much that's opened up since even being here. And I'm just grateful, honestly. Yeah, this started with a class in high school. With a class in high school, which is a, something? Just, a, just, I like chemistry, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. So talk a little bit about what made you start StemSync. So in 2018, I was having one of those tough work days 
in Japan and I remember washing dishes and I said to, I was having a cold conversation with God, like, God, this can't be it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I know you ain't put me on this world, you know, on this earth to do this. And I was like, there has to just be more to life than just going to work nine to five and existing, right? So existing or being, right? And what came down during that time of, you know, we talk about this meditation and focus, right? I may be washing the dishes, I'm focused on that. And I have moments where I just kind of stop and think. And what came down was, Crystal, think about what you are always most ish irritated about. And one thing I'm most irritated about is, I love working for Department of Defense, shout out to my employer. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at the leadership for all jobs that I apply for, because that's really important for me to understand mm-hmm. organizational organizational command structure, mm-hmm. there no, there's nobody that really looks like me. Right. And, you know, God basically was just like, hey, that's your job. Mm. That's your Pave, job to figure this paving out. Paving the way, huh? That's your job to pave the way. You have been given so much, and now it's time for you to pull other people with you. And I was just like, yeah, but I don't want to start another nonprofit. There's a there there's enough out here. I know yeah. amazing people doing things in the community to help people of color, underrepresented ethnicities get into STEM. Mm-hmm. There's all programs that these universities have. There's all type of data analysis done. It's out there. We know what the problem is. Yeah. I don't want to add to that. So what can I do? And what really came down was you need to connect everybody to these resources that are already out here. Mm-hmm. So that's really the premise of STEM Sync. The resources are out here. Resources are, you know, people, money, scholarship opportunities. Um, one thing I did in high school and I forgot to mention is that I actually did a summer program at Purdue University. Wow. Where they, it was an engineering program and it was for people of color to fly out expenses paid you stayed there for maybe a week or two maybe a week and you just were immersed in what you know purdue and also just engineering and it just felt good to be around other people and now that i look back on it i just thought it was something i was doing but i'm just like that was that was their way of trying to get people interested in in their program and their curriculum all there are so many programs out there and there are so many people seeking that information and so STEM Sync really is a way to connect that. That's why I say it's connecting untapped potential with purpose. Yeah. So yeah. the podcast was just a pillar of it because I like to hear, I think people are important. And sometimes hearing the, the stories of other people really make a difference in terms of folks really getting it and getting the resource. Um, I think also hearing from somebody who's done it too. I mean, exactly. I, you know, it is funny because I, I'm in Northern California, literally down the road from um, uh, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about Silicon Valley. I didn't know anything about any of that work. Mm-hmm. And some of the work that I was doing would have made me a perfect candidate for a software analyst, mm. you know, would have made me a perfect, a perfect person to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know that the things that I was able to do with ease were things that they had difficulty 
getting people to understand this idea of being able to help people understand Mm -hmm. uh, how to bridge the gap between what they want and where they are. Exactly. That's just something I do well. Mm -hmm. I had no clue that that was something that would be in demand Mm -hmm. in -hmm. the technology field. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so, so what you're doing, when I think about what you're doing, it's like, you're going to bridge that gap Mm -hmm. between the information and the access. And then once people say, oh, wow, okay. I like chemistry too. Mm-hmm. Or somebody might say, mm-hmm. I like working out here with the environmental stuff. I, I like being outside. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are some job opportunities outside? You know, it, you, you're going to be able to help people uh, bridge what might be some natural abilities, right? Uh, you know, and, and find a career path. That's exactly it. And the interesting thing is, and you, you just saying bridge the gap what actually happened in july and you know i don't allow everybody to speak life into me i just don't i don't listen to everybody who comes up to me and just starts talking to me in that way mm-hmm. and someone pastor um shonda kirk pastor kirk she came up to me one day she said crystal you are going to bring people across this bridge i don't know what that looks like but you are going to connect some wires in order for people to get to where you are on your side. And you're going to be the light for other people. That was July of 2018. September of 2018 was when I had my kitchen moment. September of 2018 is when I started to scribble in my notebook and try to figure out what I'm going to call this company. And it was Stembridge at the time. However, Stembridge was already taken. (laughs) And so I said, well, what else does that look like? Sinking, linking people together. And that is where I came up with the name Stem Sync. So you are absolutely right. It is bridging folks to what's already out there. And right after that, I started to get affirmations and confirmations from just small things like, Instagram, I was following um, a young lady and there was a parent who asked the question, my child is interested in this, this, and this in the Dallas area. What, what programs are out there? And I thought to myself, that's exactly what I want to solve. The information's out there. I just want people to know what's possible. And the whole intent, again, is not for me to be, you know, become the face of anything. I just really want to help folks to recognize their greatness and to see what's out there within STEM, because it still boggles my mind that we still have data that notes that there's still low percentages of black and brown people within STEM. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have to say, if you're going to be the face of it, it's a beautiful face to have leading us. I'm I'm (laughs) gonna just put that in there. But you know, the thing I think is so important about this is, you're kicking down doors and holding mm. them open. That's right. You know, and, and that's really what I'm most proud of. And the reason that I wanted to take over today, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of a, as we, you know, as we pull out where this is going for you, you've talked a little bit about some of the things that people can expect from this podcast, what they can expect from you. Talk a little bit about the kind of episodes that uh, you're planning and some ideas and, and who should be listening? So if, if, if you're going to say, well, Sandra, tell your friends, which friends am I talking to about your podcast? That's a really good question. 
the podcast right now is in partnership with Black Women in Science and Engineering. And the partnership is for about six months and the audience is Black women, obviously, within the STEM curriculums, curriculum, job, careers, et cetera, et cetera. So the first six months, that's who will be featured as those uh, interviews on mm -hmm. STEM, you know, on the podcast, on the STEM Sync podcast. The after of those six months, once that season is over, I'm inviting everybody, well, not everybody, I will say still specifically people of color, you know, mm -hmm. whomever, mm -hmm. to come yeah. and talk about not only those who are within the career or in school, but even those from different university programs, those who have, you know, nonprofits yeah. who are out there talking and advocating and wanting to sign folks up and have these programs in the communities that would help to increase the, um, you know, diversity within the field. The listener, the ideal listener is a parent. Mm -hmm. The ideal listener is someone currently going through the program at school. Okay. The ideal listener is someone who is at work in the career mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what their next step might be. It yeah. might be a person who's like, I don't want to do STEM anymore and I'm going to launch into my own pursuits. Um, it's the universities who are trying to figure out exactly what they need to do in order to help us yeah. and encourage us. Um, and so I think it's just any, and really those who just are, who, who like me and want to yeah. hear other things. Yeah. Yeah. It also sounds like people who are seeking to hire people who right. Uh, are of diverse backgrounds and specifically black women That's right. um, that really could benefit from understanding what are mm -hmm. some of the challenges that, that those of you who are in this field go through and, and then what are some of the unique needs that, that you mm -hmm. might have? You know, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's sad that in 2022, there has to be a law passed that there can't be discrimination of how our hair grows out of our head. But the fact is, that's what we're working with, exactly. you know, exactly. and I think that, and, and that's what just makes me love what you did with the logo, you know, and mm -hmm. the, the, <laughs> uh, the, it's just beautiful because it's the rep representation mm -hmm. uh, of all of the ways that, mm -hmm. that sisters show up in this space. Absolutely. And so what's, as we, as we begin to wrap up, what are, what are the main things that you want people to take away from the time that we're going to be spending with you, not only today, but as the podcast unfolds? I want people to not only focus on the deficiencies, but also talk about the solutions. And you talk about the solutions based on the life experiences of others and people telling the stories about the deficiencies. However, we don't stay there, right? We're solution oriented. That's the whole point of the podcast. It is to allow folks to show you the other side of what we go through in the workforce and at school so that others can create environments and help and assist us and just have good understanding, right? in order to welcome us more into this this uh this stem pipeline yeah. it's not necessarily trying to just talk about you know what's not working let's talk about what is working let me pass down knowledge about what it meant what, what it felt like to actually show up at the airport that day and you know going to japan it sounds cool but let me tell you how i was crying you yeah. know yeah. and it's just being authentic uh, candid conversations, real conversations, but I want listeners to at least walk away encouraged, knowing that they have the support, knowing that they have a community of people who are willing to walk with them through this process, whatever that looks like. I want folks to ask questions, send me topics, 
also I want people to even sign up and let, let, let me talk about your journey. It doesn't have to be the CEO. It doesn't have to be someone in the C-suite. It doesn't have to be a SES in the government. It doesn't have to be top military officer. It's everyday people. That's why I call this, you know, my listeners and the folks who are going to um, serve as examples for others as, as prototypes. We are all mm. models of others. Nice. nice. That is, you know, the entire point of the STEM Sync podcast is to talk about, to have those stories, to welcome just different, unique, you know, ways that we have all just journeyed and just to kind of allow people to understand the vastness of what's out there and that they can be great as well. I love it. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for letting me hijack your podcast today. I'm sure everybody enjoyed hearing about you. And the thing that I'm taking away is that you are really promoting self-efficacy because if we can believe it, we can be it. And I think that you're taking us all one step closer, whether we're already in the field or being an example to others in the field that uh, hanging out with you in STEM Sync is going to help us all rise above and be better. Thank you so much. And thank you for letting me interview you. Thank you so much, Sandra. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your STEM journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted and share it with your contacts. You can listen weekly on your preferred podcast app or by visiting stemsync.net. I encourage you to become part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at stemsync.net or messaging StemSync via Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for the link up and sync up, prototypes. Until next time.